Let's do now a review of Lakutis Sichas in Chelik Yud Gimel, the first Sicha for the Parsha's Matis. So, in the first uh, Parsha, in uh, the beginning of the uh, Parsha of Sadr of Matis, the Pasik discusses over there all the dinim as they apply to a nether, uh, to a vow. So, first the Pasik begins the general. Halacha in Pasuk Gimel, Ishki Yider Neder Hashem or Yishova Shavua Lesed Isar Al Nafshei, that when a man makes a vow or makes an oath to accept a prohibition upon himself, Leyachel Devori, he should not make his word weakly. Everything as it comes out of his mother, out of his mouth, he must do, and then the. Pasuk goes on to talk with the halachas of a, a woman making a neder, uh, the uh, father's uh, ability to absolve from the neder, the husband's ability to absolve of the neder, and various different halachas, and she's married, she's single, and then after the different uh, laws that apply, the parsha finally concludes in Pesukut Zayin, Eila Hachukim. It's sort of the summary, the uh, uh, discussion that we had before. That these are the statues. Asher Tziva Hashem es Moshe, that Hashem has spoken to Moshe. It says Ben Ishli Ishtoi that apply between man and his wife, Ben Av Libitoi between a father and his daughter. Bin Ureo based Oviho while she is the halochas that apply to a Naira while she is still based to be in her father's house. So surprising, the Rebbe is going to discuss over here why, in this summary, in the summation of the Parsha, doesn't it not mention the main halocha that the halocha that it starts out? We talk about the details between Ishli Ishtoy of Libitoy. Bin Rabbi Saviho, these are details of the halacha, but the actual halacha that a person who makes a vow must keep the vow, which is the opening of this parsha, right in the beginning, Ishki Yudin Neder, in Pasik Gimel, the second Pasik, that that is no mention in the summary. The summary should have seemingly included these are the law that Hashem said to Moshe that you must keep your vow and then add the special laws between Ishli Ishtov Levitai. That's the Rebbe going to address this question over here and going to ask how come we don't find Rashi addressing this as we know that Rashi usually addresses all the questions. The Rebbe is going to be Mechadish and uh, explain very beautifully that actually that part of the Pasuk that part of the halacha that you must keep your promise is not something that Rashi, uh, that the Pasuk needs to say, that is not the Chiddush, that's not something which we're coming to teach over here because that is obvious, that's only sort of an introduction. So really, the real discussion over here is about the details of the halacha, but not about the halacha itself. Let's look inside, and we'll start with Ois Aleph. So let's learn inside. Aleph. It was already explained, articulated many times. Shadarkei shel Rashi, 
that Rashi in his commentary on the Torah, his uh, way is lefarish kol hoinyonim hakoshim vaabilti muvonim bepshutei shel mikro is to explain all matters that are difficult and are not understood when you learn the simple meaning of the words of the pasuk. If we there are matters that appear to be not understood, which is in the very simple interpretation of the verses, and Rashi does not address it, he does not explain it. So that alone, the fact that Rashi says nothing about it, that is evident, that proves to us that according to Rashi's view, these matters are understood in such a simple manner, so easy to such an extent, he has no need to explain them as the Rebbe Adds in the Ha'ore, either because it's just very simple on its own, or perhaps because it will be understood according to what Rashi has already explained earlier. How do we know that Rashi addresses everything that's difficult? So that's evident from the fact that Rashi sometimes writes, I writes, I don't know what this is teaching us. So if Rashi's intent is not to explain everything but to leave things uh, what he doesn't comment on, why would he have to say, I don't know what he's teaching us? Let him not comment. As it's evident also from the fact, that in many places Rashi in his commentary writes, I don't know what this is teaching us. It's very similar. But we main daitel lefarish as kol hadvorim hadirshim biur bepash laksuvim. If in his intention is not to explain every all matters that require explanation in the simple meaning of the verses, loy hoyo loy lahoyir biksuvim eila. Rashi should not have addressed it, and I shouldn't have pointed this out in these psukim to say, oh, I don't know. In other words, I have a problem with this pasuk. I don't know what it's teaching us. Just ignore it because if you don't know, just don't say anything. The fact that Rashi does say means I will tell you every time. And if I come into a situation where I don't know, then I will say that specifically. So Al-Pizeh, based on this rule that Rashi explains everything, so we need an explanation, this, that Rashi does not explain anything, on that which is written in our portion, as we finish this section of Nidorim, so the post concludes, these are the statues that Hashem instructed Moshe, and the the Pasik says, what are the statues? Ben Ish, the Ishtoi, the relationship in between uh, the man and his wife, Ben Ovlibito, between the father and the daughter, Ben Ureo, in her youth, in her father's home. That is the summation of the Pasik, the Lechoyre in a Muvan. Seemingly, that's not understood. Mikivon Shetoyichan HaPasik, since the uh, contents of this verse, who sikum kotzer? It's a short summation. Midine hanedorim shenem relifnezef from the laws 
of vows that were said before this, so he should have written at first the main thing, the kudos hadin, the point of the halacha, the nether of a vow that that it is the obligation of the one who makes the vow to fulfill the vow. That which is said in the beginning of our parsha. It says, A man that makes a vow to Hashem or makes an oath to prohibit a prohibition on himself, shall not make his words weakly. All as comes from his mouth he should do. That is the main halacha. Then, in summing it up, he should have said the details that are spoken. But here, between the man and his wife and the father and the daughter, but here, the main halacha that you have to do the vow isn't mentioned over here, just the details of it. Now, the Rebbe says that it would seem that we can say, because the verse is really discussing here the chukim, the statues, the actual halacha that one must fulfill a vow isn't really a statue. It's not a rule without a reason, uh, because the Torah gives the reason, certainly according to Rashi, we'll see in a minute. So maybe uh, we don't say the nether itself because it's not a statue, but uh, the Rebbe says that uh, that would... uh, that would be a, a question, actually. So why does the Torah only mention about the statues, about the halachas, the chukim? Why not sum it up, tell about the halacha itself? Let's look inside. So after the way the Torah writes it, says these are the statues, chukim, that Hashem told Moshe. So then, move on, we understand according to Rashi's pshat, because Rashi says, as we'll see, as opposed to the Targum Onkelos, as the Rebbe says in the Ha'ore here, according to Rashi, there is a reason in the Pasuk for why one has to do the uh, nether. He must fulfill his nether. According to the Targum Onkelos, there is no possible reason, it's just a halacha that you have to fulfill it. So according to Rashi, that there is a reason, the Torah starts off by saying, So, according to understand, according to Rashi, So we cannot include amongst these halachas the obligation to fulfill the nether. Because that kivon she'ene begeder chukah, that is not in the boundaries of a chukah, which is a mitzvah she'ene tam bedover el gzeres hamelach chukoy sovalavodov. That's a mitzvah that has no reason to it. It is only a decree of the king and the statutes for his servants. So we cannot include the actual mitzvah because, according to Rashi and Mefurish Batam. Because the Torah gives us a reason. The Torah says, Loi Yachel that he shall not make his word 
weekly that as Rashi explains that means he shouldn't desecrate his words don't make your words and as we find that that is not making things uh, is actually a reason for having to do as the Pasuk Rabbi brings down in the that Avram said to Hashem, because it is weekly to you. So weekly means that that is not acceptable, that is not right. So there comes out that there is a reason. If you make a vow, it's not right to make your words weekly, not to fulfill them. So since the Torah started off by saying these are the statues, we cannot include this because that's a reason. Why do you have to do as it comes out of your mouth is because you can't make it weekly. So that's why that's not part of the chukim. As opposed to the other details, Masha Enkein, Prote, Hadinim, Sheben Ishli, Ishteben, Ovlibito, as opposed to the specific halochas that the, the Torah discusses between a man and his wife and the father and his daughter, we don't find the reason in the Pasik. So those are the chukim. So in a way, the Pasik cannot include here the etzem, the din itself, of having to fulfill your vow, because that's a rational law, it's not a chukim. So that's why it's not included over here. And the Rebbe also makes a note over here the details uh, some of the uh, some of the halachas of even benishli ishtoy are also not statues the Rebbe brings from the klayokar that some of them are logical because of the, uh, the wife uh, being in the domain and the 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 the, 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 the the daughter being in the domain of the father that gives them rights, but that doesn't. So that's what. But the details of their much statues, uh, some of the specific details. So that's included, but the din uh, itself cannot be included here. So that answers why we can't include it. But the question is, but why does the Torah start off with chukim only repeating, summing up the chukim and not the din itself? I was a but that itself requires reasoning. Why did the Pasik, when it uh, sums it up, only review, only repeat, only the statue of Din and Nedorim, that are in the laws of Nedorim, but not on the main halach of Nedorim, that once you make a vow that you should do it, the Torah should have finished up reviewing that at the end of the Pasuk. The Rebbe explains in Ois Beis that the actual halacha that a person has to uh, keep the promise is not something that this Pasuk is coming to teach it over here. The Rebbe says throughout the Chumash we find that there is an acceptable, uh, obvious thing that a person can and must fulfill the nether, as the Rebbe will say, give you several dugmois, several examples before in the Chumash. And what the Pasuk over here is not really intending, as it would seem at first glance, like, just to tell you the that one must keep what he promises. No, that's, the Pasuk is just giving you sort of an introduction. Since there is an obligation to keep 
the promises, and therefore I'm going to give you the special rules that apply between father, uh, between husband and wife, and father and daughter. Let's look inside base. What's the explanation of this? Move on the pastors. It's uh, very uh, understood, simply understood. That the din halach itself that one who makes a vow needs to fulfill his uh, promise, what he said. It's not required a special pasuk. That's not the pasuk. We don't need a pasuk here. The pasuk isn't coming to tell us this obvious thing. That is something which the very simple logic says that you have to do, obligates you to do what you promised. That makes sense. This is also included in what it says, stay away from falsehood. It's not exactly the same. It's also understood from the general concept of a shvua, of a promise of Christus Bris and the forming of a covenant. Which is articulated many times in the Torah. So, therefore, that's not a pasuk needed to tell us that this is something which is part of this general shvua, Christus Bris, etc. And that's why the Rebbe says, That's why we find the concept of vows also before the Torah was given, because it's not a mitzvah of the Torah that the Torah needs to be mechadish, as the pasuk says, when Yaakov was running away from Esau and he made the vow and then he said that this stone that he was lying over there should become the base of the king. And then later on, all before Matthew, what does Hashem say to him later? You have vowed for me a vow. Hashem says, now, go leave this land. That when he's telling him to leave Lovon, where he was there for all these 20 years. And he says, go back to the land where you were born. Go back to the land of, of Canaan. And Rashi says, Upirush Rashi, what does it mean that you vowed me? Rashi says, You are need to. You must complete, fulfill your vow. You said that's going to be basically Kim, that you're going to be in offerings of there. Now is the time for you to go ahead and fulfill your vow. So you see that when a person made a vow, it's logical that he has to, it's expected that the person has to keep it. That's before Matan Torah. But also in the Torah, even prior to the portion of Nidorim, we find common Yonim Shem Begedashal we find several Asmen matters that are defined also in the definition of a vow. And the verse does not mention by those vows the obligation that there is an obligation, the essence of the obligation to fulfill a vow. It just explains the details and situations that branch out from the halach of a nether. Keep going. As for example, it says, A man 
who will express a vow, and the value of a souls to Hashem. Shakosuv rakiveya the POSIK only determines the various types of amounts of the different archim. Vechain, and likewise, Ish or Isha, Kiyafli, Linder, Neder, Nozir, Lahazir, Lahashem. A man or a woman, so again it says, Kiyafli, Linder, Neder, Nozir, Lahazir, Lahashem. Uh, over there, they're talking about the level of Nazir. So again, a vow, but with Shakosim, Farish, Rak Protidin, and Nazir. Over there, the verse only speaks of the details of the laws of Nazir. What's the reason for this? Because the essence of the obligation that one has to fulfill the vow is something which is understood by itself. So and another place, so these are all places where vows are discussed in the Torah, and whether it's by the Archin or it's by Niziris, it's all in the Dorim, and the Torah doesn't give you any specific uh, introduction of a mitzvah that you have to fulfill your vow, that's obvious. Uh, also, from the further the post, it says, uh, this is in in, in, in Chubosik Chofal of Beis when they encountered the war so the Yidin made a, uh, a vow that they will uh, and then uh, and then and then they actually fulfilled that vow Hainu so what it all means, so they destroyed them and they also their cities, they gave it away, like Gavoy, as Rashi says there, but which means they fulfilled their promise over there uh, after the war with Amalek over there when they promised. And uh, so also then, before this portion was Bechal said, before Parshas Matis, they knew about the concept of the vows and the obligation to fulfill them. So, based on this, we have to therefore interpret that this, that in our parsha it's written, that if you make the vow to Hashem, you make the oath, don't make it weekly. You must do what, as everything that comes out of your mouth. The Pasuk isn't coming to teach us this as a command or some new halacha, as it would appear seemingly from the language of the verse. But this is sort of an opening and an introduction to that which is written afterwards. It's as if the Pasuk is saying, Ashadin ikri yodua. Third, discusses the matter of vows. The main halach is known that this he has to do as he vows. And yes, by is There is several laws in this matter. Well, a woman while she's in her youth, but they be in her father's home. and a married woman. And this is the novelty. This is the special discussing this parsha. 
So now we understand very simply that to the extent Shirashi Shirashi doesn't need to explain this. When the Pasig is coming in the end of the parsha, to sum up the headings, the main pieces of the main chapters of the uh, main pieces of this halacha, which our parsha, this parsha is coming to teach us. There is no room to include, to combine with them also the halacha itself of Nedorim. There is nothing new in that in this parsha, so we're not summing up this halacha. That is the obvious, that was only the introduction. With the above explanation, the Rebbe Nois Gimel is going to. give a very uh, uh, added uh, sweetness, I guess, to the commentary that Rashi says right in the beginning of the Parsha. Uh, it's a little bit strange. This Parsha starts with the words, Roshe Hamatis, that he spoke to the head of the tribes. We don't find anywhere uh, Moshe Rabbeinu uh, talking to the head of the tribes. So Rashi explains about the special halacha that a, uh, a head of a tribe, like Yochid Mumcha, that an expert uh, leader that uh, has the ability to annul a vow. So, and that's why it says Rosh Hashanah, but uh, the Parsha talks about vows. Why are we saying the halacha that we learned from the Rosh Hamatis is about annulling a vow? Uh, it would make sense that the Rosh Hamatis should... The fact is saying Matis is to sustain a vow, not to annul a vow. And uh, the Rebbe therefore explains, but this idea of this parsha to sustain a vow, that's not the point of this parsha. This parsha is about the annulling of the vows of the rights of the father by his daughter and the husband by his wife. So it is about annulment. That's the whole idea, but not the actual law that you must keep a vow and that's why the Chiddush of Rosh Hamatis expresses itself in the annulment of the vow. Let's look inside. This will also sweet this that Rashi writes in the beginning of the Sadra. Rosh Hamatis, Rashi says, he speaks, Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to the head, the leaders of the tribes. So first he gave honor to the leaders to teach them first, etc. So why was this special honor that was given to the tribes said over here by this halacha? Lomad, because this would apply to all halachas, but thus lomad, this is to teach us that the annulment of vows can be done by an individual one who is an expert, if you don't have one uh, who is a expert, then three ordinary uh, based in can annul. That's what Rashi explains. But although we can prove from the fact that this portion is said to the head of the tribes, we see that there is a special aspect with regards 
specifically to Nedorim, Hashayich Lerosh Amatis, which apply to the head of the tribes. But Mekomo Kemayet Minoli B'Pshutish Al Mikro. So what, how does Rashi know in the simple level of the Pasik? She'in Yezehu Heipach In Nedorim. That this aspect of the Matis that they do is the opposite of what a vow is. Hafores Nedorim, that we're talking about a moment of the vow, it would make more sense, it would seem, that the Rosh Amata should be something to do with the sustaining of the vow. But based on the above explanation, it's understood. Since this entire parsha has not come here for the, as, the, as, the, the, the idea itself of a vow in general. But to teach us the detailed laws of a woman while she's a youth in her father's home and then after she gets married. So what is the novelty in those halachas? But there that who can do the moment of the vow is the father and the husband. That's the chiddush. But it's no chiddush that they have to do their vow. They ain't svore shachidush There is no. It doesn't make sense to say. It's not rational to say that there's also novelty. That without the annulment of the father and the husband, as I come then all our vows will be sustained. Because why did you have to teach us? That's a vow like all other vows. So the idea that a woman and that a daughter, that they have to fulfill the vow, that we don't need the, the chiddush in this. That's not the novelty. That's not what we're trying to teach you. Trying to teach you here about who can absolve her, that the husband, the father can absolve. So, means that the parsha's novelty is about who can absolve. So since this parsha, this particular parsha is said to, the Pasuk emphasizes that it was said, to the head of the tribe, is Leramis, that is to hint, that this parsha has something which applies to the heads, to the leaders. So therefore, it already makes sense that this connection is touches, is important in the law of how to annul the valve. That is the general content of the parsha is about hafora, who can be mefir, and the Torah writes Rosh HaMatas to teach us the halacha about Rosh HaMatas, Yochid Mumcha, or Shloisha Yetus. In Oiz Daled, the Rebbe will explain that this idea that the Rosh HaMatas is something which teaches us as far as the hafora, the annulment of the vow, and not about the vow itself, is also very well understood in the Primis uh, because uh, in essence, as the Rebbe will explain, a vow in itself shows on a lower madriga. A person who needs to make a vow means that he's still in a level that uh, without the vow he won't be able to get by. So, But the ultimate goal is to be mefer the nether. So... When the Torah tells us a chiddush, it's about the elevated and the special level to reach a level where you don't need a vow. Let's look inside. Nice dalad. 
this idea, this uh, we discussed that when we learn from Rashi Amatis, the, the Torah says this to the head of the tribes, and that specifically as it connects to the normal to the vows, also has brought out, forced out in the inner matter of things. Because we know in the Rishalmi it's written. Benegel in the Dorim, as far as vow goes, it's not something which is so uh, such a positive thing because it says Isn't it sufficient to you that which the Torah has prohibited on you? And you're seeking to prohibit upon you other matters. So What's the reason for this? Why is that such a bad thing that you're? trying to assert other things. It's understood because the uh, supreme intent in the fulfillment of Torah Mitzvahs is in order to make through the uh, matters uh, when we do Torah Mitzvahs uh, to make Hashem a for him blessed a dwelling place in the lower World of Emelem move on, and therefore it's understood if we're going to do the Tachtoinim, we want to make a dwelling place for Hashem in the lower world. That you have to do the service by using with physical matters. Lasis Mehem to turn, make of them, of the Gashmis, Dirulay is Baruch, a dwelling for Him, blessed. The loyally is Taigoli Bottle Mehem, the Dorim Moshuas, and not to separate yourself to the, the distance yourself and separate through Nidorim Shavuos, through vows and Shavuos. That's why the Rishalmi says, don't prohibit more because we want you to be able to use whatever you can to turn them into a place to make them a Dirulay Yisbarach. Omnam but we see on the other hand that Omr Razal, our sages, a blessed memory tell us that Nidorim is Yogla Prishus, that Nidorim are a fence to separate, they protect, they're like a fence to help a person separate from things, so you have to make a nether. That these vows, they support to fulfill the command, the Kaddish Atz that you sanctify yourself in what's permissible to you, and you need to make these fences, that's a Yogla Prishus. So the question is, so which one of the two is it? Should you do a vow or should you uh, separate, your, uh, separate yourself or should you not uh, bring Kedusha uh, or should you not separate yourself with the Shalmi? So the Rebbe actually explains the difference between them in that the difference between these two instructions a person that Conducts himself in a in a good and a straight path. All of Amru about him it said, "Dayoch mashosur l'chatayr." Sufficient to you what the Torah prohibits you. Va'adarav and the contrary, osur hu minedorim. He is prohibited. And the vows ma'achar shehim moinim oisoi melavoid ulavaris advarim gagashmim that they prevent him from uh, serving and to sort out the physical matters. As opposed to somebody who is conduct is not the way it should be. 
So in his situation, yes, Lachush, we worry. They may cause impact to him at descent. So in that case, about him we say that the vows are a uh, fence to be separated. So that's he has to do the nedarim. So basically, if you are a straight, going straight, you don't do nedarim. But if you have a person who has failed, then it's not the way it should be. Then you need this extra. So lifizem move on. So based on that is understood. That the goal is to elevate it to such a level that has a greater level. So what is the greater level? To reject, to nullify this vow. So now, since according to Pnimi Sinyoni, we see that the nether is not the ultimate level. The ultimate level is to be able to reject and nullify the nether. So now, when the Torah Rameses that the Torah hints that there is some aspect in the Dorim, which belongs specifically to a expert judge, or three ordinary which make up into a Bezdin. So, uh, so because of his uh, great level, so the Yochid Mumcha can do something which takes three of a basedin. So that means that he has something very powerful about the uh, Yochid, about this Marosha uh, Hamatis, about this Yochid Mumcha. So then it's understood that we're not discussing here being a Shaykh to make observing the to how to sustain a letter. But the Yochid Mumcha is helping you basically it should apply to the halachas of nullification and the absolvement of the vows so it's either that the expert or the bezdin they impact and elevation and the one that makes the vow to the extent that it reaches such a high level that it no longer requires an adorim. And that is more likely to apply the law of Rashi Hamatis, not to sustain the nether, but to say that he gives you the power to nullify the, 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 the nether. And that's why we apply the Rashi Hamatis to that aspect that a Yochid Mumcha or a Bezdin can annul the vow. So based on the above, it turns out that the Aforas Nedorim really means that you are able to use the physical matters without dragging you down. You don't have to separate yourself. And that's, the Rebbe explains now, uh, since it's talking, that's the main uh, concept, the main idea of this parasha wants to share about the Aforas Nedorim, about how to have yourself on a level that the Gashmi is, is not interfering that's why this parsha was said as an introduction to going to Eretz Yisrael. Because Eretz Yisrael, they were supposed to do with the physical matter. So therefore, Haforas Nedorim, which is to allow for the work with the Gashmizik stuff, not to, not to prevent, refrain from using the Gashmizik. So the introduction is the parsha's matas before going into Eretz Yisrael. That's what the Rebbe says. Hey...
based on the above, the main aspect of this portion is, uh, portion is the annulment of the vows. Yuvan Gamkin will also be understood, also understood, Loma Nemra Parshas Nedorim. Halazu, why is this section of Nedorim, which is really essentially the annulment of the vows, not the sustaining of the vows, the annulment, it's written, Somuch Liknesosom Laris Yisrael, close to them entering into Eretz Yisrael. Because Ha'efreshe Ikri Shebein Avedas Bnei Yisrael Bamidbar, the main difference between the service of the Bnei Yisrael in the desert, to their service as it was in the Eretz Yisrael, was in the fact in this, in the Midbar they were not preoccupied with physical matters, because they have been fed over there in the Midbar with bread that came from the heaven, which is the Mon, and they drank the water from the well of Miriam. They also didn't have to occupy themselves by supplying garments. Because their garments grew with them. And therefore, it was like a spiritual life. They didn't have to deal with the physical. As opposed to when they come to Eretz Yisrael, they needed to occupy in the work of plowing, and sowing, etc. And specifically, this service, as mentioned earlier, is the ultimate intent of the Supreme of Hashem. To make for him blessed a dwelling place in the lower place. <coughs> so since this is the ultimate goal of going into Eretz Yisrael, and the main change that's taking place from the service in the Midbar, when they were about, they were standing about to enter Eretz Yisrael, and to occupy them in it with this service, so it was said to them, the section of a moment of vows, what is a moment of vows? Also, that content, the idea of the forest of Dorim, is to work with physical matters, as mentioned earlier, because the nether doesn't allow you to use the physicality because it drags you down. You're afraid that it's not going to, uh, uh, it's going to bring you down to a descent. So therefore, when we're talking about a forest of Dorim, it means that you are reaching a level in which you can deal with the Gashmis without fear. But Vov, the Rebbe finally brings out that not only is the lesson from a moment of vow to prepare you for the dealing with Yonam Gashmi, but actually in the nether itself. That idea of lo yachel devorov, uh, that means that to make sure that you bring down Kedusha in all your matters, not to allow it uh, to be in a level of chulin weekly. In reality, uh, in actual, the Pasuk does write, for purpose of introduction, but the Pasuk does write the halacha itself of a vow 
that you have to do it. So there should be a lesson. And that also was said to them before going into Eretz Yisrael. And their preoccupation in the physical matters. So move on. So it's understood. So it's understood that also in this, there is an instruction in the way they do this service. So we should learn actually a lesson from the actual vow itself, that when you do a vow, the point of the concept of a nether is don't make your word weekly. Not to make your words weekly. This is the way of service in the physical matter. Lifoil to impact that also his physical words should not be weekly. to take the physical words, draw down on them, bring down on them kedusha. So since this instruction is hinted in the nether itself, so. To reach the level of Aphoros Nedorim, you need a higher level so that it doesn't draw you down. But this Heirah is hinted in the nether itself, which means everybody can reach that. Every one and one has the power for this service to draw down and make instead of Chul Nedorim. Also to someone who has not reached the level of a moment of vow. He is able to be mamshich that abatam azeh kosov lahalum. And the reason, how does he have that koyach? It says later on, ben ishli ishtoi ben av levitoi. This is between man and wife and father and daughter. Ki kol echad we are kol echad echad bibnei Yisrael. For each one of one of the bnei Yisrael who bedugmas ishtoi shalakadosh baruch who were similar to Hashem's wife, ubita shalakadosh baruch and Hashem's daughter. And therefore, for sure, it is certain that Hashem gives him the strength to impact this service to fulfill his will to make for him blessed the dwelling place below. This is Mesichas Shabbos Parshas Matas Umasei Tovshin Chovavah.